New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here. Give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time and it's time to talk about what's going on in Knicks Nation and it is the NBA free agency and we're going to talk about it all before we even get into the details of free agency you already know what it is I have to introduce my guys uh first and foremost you already know this is the man the myth the legend the guy with the stats and the facts Brian G's in the building let's go let's go let's go um also of course you already know who it is it's my man from the youtube channel across the street i call him the raw metaphor it's the raw hebrew remnant what's going on raw what's up kot let's do this and of course you already know this guy's been on a few times already my <laughs> man lee from, uh contributed to deadspin and to- posting and toasting what's going on lee glad to be back top for agency top nicks good bad and the ugly good the bad and the ugly now let's get to it um before we make fun of these nets because that is absolutely <laughs> coming <laughs> the nets, the nets are imploding right in front of our eyes um let's talk about some nicks and first of all let's talk about our our biggest free agent signing so far in Jalen brunson he can't he announced his intentions with the Knicks, he intends to sign a four-year, $110 million deal with these New York Knicks. Um, and I think it's supposed to sign, I think all free agents are supposed to sign, I think, the seventh, I believe. So it's official. I mean, it's almost official, not quite official. We, we, we already talked about the other day, Lee. Hopefully, you know, Mark, you know, Marcus Morris, things happen at the last minute. But it's looking like all roads are pointing to the Knicks, even the rumor that he's speaking to the Miami Heat, um, that has all of a sudden obliterated, and he's he's going to the New York Knicks. Uh, let's let's start with Raw, who's who's talking with us in the airport of Dallas. Meaning, if if he if Brunson was trying to run and go back to Dallas, Raw was there to get him <laughs> and drag him to New York. That's how dedicated my man Raw is. All right, Raw. <laughs> I was I was here I was here looking for him, Jalen. If he shows up here, we sending him back to the city. But he's good. He's good. Kels, he's everywhere, man. Don't don't slip. Yeah, up. no, he's good. He's good. Solid <laughs> signing. Solid signing by the Knicks. Not some people trip out talking about overpay, but that's just Knicks hate from the media. Wasn't an overpay. It was a a solid signing for an NBA starting level point guard. Um, we haven't had a starting level point guard that's not past his prime since we got Stefan Marbury. Yeah. And we haven't had a real stable one like since we got Charlie Ward. So this is a big step. Uh, what we all know we've been missing for several years. And so I'm, I'm excited about the, about him coming and, and just what he's going to bring in terms of leadership, winning and culture. Very, very excited about that. Yeah, Lee, what do you have to add to that? I already know. You wrote a whole piece on posting and toasting, talking about his fit with the Knicks, especially you being from Dallas. I know you've seen a lot of his games, and you have like the, the up-close-and-personal seat of Jalen Brunson and what he can bring to the team. I hate Mav fans and hate Mavs, but I love Luka, and I've always loved Jalen Brunson. If I had to pick one player outside of Luka from that squad to be on our team, hands down, it would be Jalen Brunson. 
he brings a steady hand to point to Charlie Ward references very apt because I think Brunson's a high IQ, steady, good ball distributor, good facilitator, gets to a teeth of a defense, looks for the open man. I like the fit in Dallas. Any contract over 15 mil is going to be a little bit of an overpay. I think you just playing that's what the market dictated. The market between the bidding war, between us and Mavs said 27 mil, that's what we're giving them. I'm happy to pay that over Burt's, Noel, and Walker. Absolutely. Anything to add to that, Ryan? Um, you know, I think pretty much Ron Lee said it all right there. Um, you know, we we know point guard's definitely been a position of need for the Knicks for the past 10, 15 seasons, it seems like now. And, you know, they finally get a stable point guard in Jalen Brunson. And, you know, there's still there's still a little questions about his fit because, you know, Dallas roster is different from the Knicks roster, but I do see that the Knicks are trying to move forward in a direction where they're trying to fill their roster with, you know, with different guys, you know, more versatile guys, guys who can shoot, especially with the signing they made with Hawkenstein, you know, a guy, a hardest a guy, you know, who can um, shoot the three and is a big and can, and can pass as well. So I think the Knicks are trying to form their roster to where they can accommodate Jalen Brunson and he would be a better fit alongside RJ, et cetera. So, you know, 27 mil. Some people might say it's an overpay, but, you know, the Knicks got their guy and the Knicks need help in the point guard position. And that's what Brunson gives the Knicks improvement at the point guard position. Yeah, it's all about fit, man. And I keep saying he's still a young guy, so there is room for improvement here, especially him being a guy who's going to be a true real deal starter for the first time. Um, It's going to be interesting to see if he rises the occasion or not. Um. History shows to me from from what I've seen from him that his percentage is always good, so he's always going to be stable. I think that's not going to change whether it's New York or the Dallas Mavericks. Will he ascend is going to be um, a different issue, and hopefully he does. And hopefully he does and rises occasion and rises to his contract. Like Ryan G said, though, defense might be an issue. Um, I've heard his off-ball defense isn't as good. Um, but he might be a solid uh, team defender, especially with Tibbs here. I'm pretty sure he's going to use him correctly and, and have a solid team defense built around Jalen Brunson. But I also think it starts around who's who's playing with Jalen Brunson. And, and and Evan, hopefully, you know, he he gets smart. Tibbs gets smart to move Evan Fournier. But um, solid signing overall, a little bit overplay as well. I, you already know my concerns. Is if we have too much overpay in different sections, it's gonna be very hard for us to get under that. Cause you know we have we just moved a bunch of movable contracts. Like we we attach it second round picks to get rid of Noel and Burks and those guys. Um, if Brunson, Julius Randle, both miss, it's not gonna be no seconds to get to get to move these guys. It's gonna be first for sure. But um, I'm but. I feel like I'm conf- I'm more confident that Jalen Brunson is not going to be a bust. He's going to be um, – I think he's going to perform to his contract or live a little bit under and possibly over. I don't think it's going to be a big miss for us when it comes to, to Jalen Brunson. The thing, the thing is, too, is that my concerns about Brunson go back to him coming out of Villanova just to see if he would translate as far as NBA ability. He had all of the, you know, footwork everything you want as far as a point guard, but being grabbed in the second round and not sure if he would be able to translate. There've been so many undersized guards that haven't, but he's already proven now that he can't, he does translate. And the thing is about, to me, 
The strength of Jalen Brunson, aside from his grit, is his IQ. Hmm. Never bet against a guy that plays with his brain because he's going to always try to find a way to beat you. Right. Okay, so the floor may not be open, but he'll figure something else out and he'll work with tips to figure out angles, to figure out what's the best way to attack a defense that, you know, whatever. Got you. And I, I'm not sure if we lost Roy or not because it seemed like he paused, but also his leadership seems like to be something that might be desired. He was able to kind of lead the Dallas Mavericks without Luka to some, some victories. And I don't know what type of leader he is, but it seems like he had, has a reputation. Hopefully he kind of brings that voice to the New York Knicks as well. Um, and hopefully we get run out the matrix sometime. Anything to add to that? <laughs> I don't know if you have anything to add to that. If you want to move the conversation yeah, I was going to say, I've been really impressed with what Leon Rose is bringing Brunson into. This is not a situation like when Isaiah Thomas went out and got Stephon Marbury and didn't have any support in terms of a point guard around him a veteran off the bench, or a young guy who can come in and sub in for minutes. Brunson's entering a situation where he's got Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, and Deuce and Bride, also on the roster, that are provide a different point of attack, that are provide some defensive um, equity off the bench to counterpoint some of Brunson's weaknesses and to enhance his strengths. I, I think that's something that's gone missing in people writing about this Brunson trade is that he's not coming in here to be the savior and the only Nick on a point guard ro- on the roster. He's coming in joining a very solid rotation of ball distributors and shooters um, at every spot. I agree. It, it always is going to depend to me on what Tom Thibodeau does and if he values these other guys, right? Because I, I, I feel like Last year, he deferred to the veteran sometimes. But in this case, this year, it might be time to kind of pass the torch and trust some of these young guys over the veterans. And if Tom Thibodeau is able to do that and trust his instincts and not just go with the veterans just, just for the sake of, I think we'll be fine. Because like we said, we talked about behind the scenes. Evan Fournier seems like a much better fit next to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. Uh, so I'm hopefully he goes into that direction because we actually have the tools. Like yeah. Evan, and, Evan and IQ together could be magic, right? The same goes with Evan and Grimes. Like the same goes with like I mean with not Evan and Grimes with, with Brunson and Grimes. It seems like this is a a lot of Mitch matching that we can do to make this thing work. So yeah, it's just really yeah. up to Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, and I also do want to add one thing as well. Um, I think one thing that's going to be interesting is seeing how Brunson would be in a situation where the Knicks don't really have a legit number one, you know, like the Knicks is more, you know, scoring by committee as opposed to Dallas where, you know, the, the legit number one is Luka Doncic. So I definitely do want to see how Jalen Brunson fits in that situation. Defensively, I'm not really concerned because throughout the season, you know, like Thibs done is Thibs has made his mistakes where, you know, he started a roster with, you know, he started a line. We started a line. Had Kemba and Fournier, and in the backcourt, you know, that would that just was a disaster and things like that. But also throughout the season, I've seen Thibs put out certain lineups where he was able to hide Fournier on defense and stuff like that. So I think he'd be able to do the same with Brunson. And even if Fournier moves to that bench unit, I think he'll do the same with Fournier. You know, as long as he puts the right pieces around those guys to where, you know, he doesn't put them in uncomfortable situations defensively. Nah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like Fournier is not the shiny new toy this season. 
I don't think Thibs feels a pressure to have him out there in the starting unit because Scott Perry and, and Leon Rose just dished out $8 million, $18 million a year. I think he can now move to the bench because of a new acquisitions to better balance out the starting five. And I think Grimes is the best candidate to slot in next to him. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's, that's going to be key. And I also kind of feel like what's going to be key is how do they use Brunson? Because my complaint last season, um, even though Kemba, he was he was kind of like on his last legs a little bit. My 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 complaint last season was we had one of the best pick and roll point guards in the NBA. And a lot of the offenses run through Randall. Right now we have Jalen Brunson here who, um, you know, in the small sample sizes, he can I, he's probably the best ISO player on the team, um, based on you know what we've seen from Dallas and his track record. So it's going to be interesting to see when the going gets tough, who gets the ball. Like, is is are we going to defer to Brunson? Are we going to defer to to Randall? Are we going to defer to RJ? Last season, towards the end of the season, we was deferring a lot more to RJ. With Brunson here, who's kind of a steadier hand. Will that still be the trend? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's 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 going to be um something to look at. Also, um, listen, Fred Cats, I've been a lot listening to a lot of Fred Cats too. I know a lot of you guys, including me, want Julius Randle gone. It's, it's not it's, we want him gone. And the Knicks have kind of done their due diligence. I've heard that they've been calling around the league. And just to kind of get a sense of his price range and his value. And what I've heard was that, you know, um, it doesn't seem like this might be the time to move him. The Knicks aren't just going to give him away from nothing. So he, Randall's going to have to perform for us to move on from him. And I'm not going to lie that the money, the minute he starts going and this time to trade, if his value is up, I'm moving him. I'm <laughs> I am moving him. But, um, so, and it's funny because moving on from now, um, Jalen Brunson is, is with the New York Knicks. I'm hoping that there is a sign and trade scenario, right? To me, anyway, that's what I'm hoping. To my really dream scenario is to have Julius Randle to try in the sign and trade scenario, but that that might not happen. Um, but. Do you feel like there will be a sign and trade scenario between the Knicks and the Dallas Mavericks, or would you even like that scenario in your mind? Raw, what do you think? It would be a dream come true, but I think it's too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be a dream come true because if we could send Julius there in a sign and trade, it would be even money. Um, or if it was Evan Fournier, we would even gain a little bit of cap space. No, no, we wouldn't gain cap space, but it would still be good. So I don't know. I, I am assuming the worst and assuming it's a straight up signing for Jalen Brunson, hoping that maybe something better is behind it. Cause like you said, it's not official. Yeah. I already know Lee, Lee kind of, he's, he's on the, he wants to keep Evan Fournier in a different role, right Lee? I like Fournier off the, off the bench. I, I do agree that he would be extremely complimentary playing alongside a rim runner like Sims or a new addition, Isaiah Hardostein. I like him next to Deuce McBride and IQ as well. Um, I think there's some good combinations for him off the bench. I just don't want to do the Mavs any sweeteners. I hate their <laughs> fan base. They're a terrible fan base. They're Fairweather fans. 
not a fan of, of, of the ownership in the front wow. office in Dallas. Uh, I think Fournier should be used later on down the line to actually get back an asset, not to be able to get someone that we already sound, signed outright. But if Randall can be gone, I think Dallas right now would take anyone to appease their fan base because they're pissed that, that uh, Nico let Brunson walk for nothing. If we can get rid of Randall, do it. But otherwise, let's just enjoy Brunson and, and save our pieces for another trade. So, so Lee, let me ask you, Lee, uh, do you think that – do you think that Fournier would be willing to take a bench role to, to say to play on the second unit? Um, because that was my concern. I think he would be a good second unit piece, but I'm wondering, I'm just thinking back to last year yeah. when he started having attitudes when he wasn't in the fourth quarter. And um, if, if I would think that somebody would have to approach him and say, this is going to be your role this year. And if he doesn't accept that, they probably have to move on from him because Grimes fits better next to next to Jalen Brunson, so I, I would have I, I would think it'd be fair to Evan to say, "Listen, uh, Evan, this is what we're going to do. What do you think? How do you feel about that? Do you think he'd accept that?" I think right now he's got a lot less leverage than he did last season when he was a, a brand new addition to the team, and it wasn't really sure what the plus minuses for certain lineups were for the first half of the season. I understand his gripe because. It was, he wasn't getting a fair shake. Kimba was in and out of the lineup, getting benched, you know, randomly. But now we've seen the impact of Fournier with the starting lineup. It's not a good fit. And with the team, the team took a step back. We missed the playoffs. We missed the play-in. You know, we had another losing season. We're in the lottery. There's not much for him to say, hey, besides I broke the three-point season record, but we're the Knicks. We haven't had shooters in the last two decades. That's not as big of an accomplishment as it would be with another team. Uh, I think there's leverage for Thibodeau now. It'd be like, these are my guys. I don't have the veterans that I did. We're done with the youngsters. And the front office is going to pivot away from trying to win now and focus more on development with the youth. I think the, the front office has the leverage to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if not, right. trade them. If not. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. I hope you're right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because we have, like, Alec Burks, you know, as, as much flack that people got, gave him, he was one of our best three-point shooters on the team, and now he's gone. So now it's going to be up to Grimes. It's going to be up to Evan Fournier. It's going to be up to IQ to really step up on that side of the ball and just start to hit shots. So it's, it's funny because on one side, um, I, I very much value Evan Fournier's three-point shooting. But then when I look down the bench, right, all the way down the bench. And I look at the potential of Cam. You're reddish. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, who's in Cam yeah. Reddish's way? You got Grimes who needs to play because he's the best wing defender on the team as of today. And we have Cam Reddish who also um, we need to see what he has because he needs to play some minutes because – Look, look, we gave up a first rounder and and knocks from him. Now, granted, it was a very low first rounder, but we gave assets for him. So if Evan Fournier is here, seeing we already know what Tom is, seeing what he has to me is almost is almost not going to happen. Like I, I, I really don't see Tom playing Cam over Evan. And that's the really big concern, which is why if I'm looking at Dallas, even though you don't want to do any favors? Do us a favor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you need him. You you need him. Is it's Tim Hardaway Jr. gonna be injury free for 82 games? 
uh, you might need another three point shooter. I'm just saying. Um, that that that's my whole thought process with that. Even though I do value Evan Fournier's shooting, but I, I'm I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. I think Dallas definitely is going to want to get something back for Jalen Brunson at least. So I'm thinking a sign and trade is going to definitely go down. It, it just depends on who the Knicks are going to give up in that sign and trade to get Brunson here. But um, with, with Fournier, for me, like I've always been a guy like I've been indifferent on Fournier because I do value his three point shooting. You know, the Knicks haven't had a shooter like that for a while now. But at the same time, it's like I do understand that Fournier is one of those veterans where he does take playing time away from a few of the young players on the team. So it's one of those. So it's one of those players where it's like you do appreciate what he brings to the team. But at the same time, it's like if you really want to focus on young player development, then he's probably one of the pieces that has to go to open up minutes for other players as well. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if Fournier is on the team, I'm cool. If Fournier is not on the team and he gets traded, I'm cool. You know, I'm not really, you know, leaning either way on Fournier. It's funny because I don't expect it to be smooth sailing just because Fournier is going either, like, because he is a steady three-point shooter. So, I, and, you know, if we do play, maybe, maybe Cam works out and he and he's and he's great, and maybe he doesn't. But I just want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want, <laughs> I just want to see it. I just want to see what happens. Like, this could be a missing piece, or this could be a pay, a trade piece. Because I'm yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Ross. Tell you want to no, say, no, say you're absolutely right. And this is, I mean, I try to combine what what I want versus what I think Tibbs and Leon are going to do, and logically. Well, first, there's two ways to look at it. Evan Fournier doesn't fit the timeline with the rest of the ca- these kids, right? So you might want to say, well, maybe we can get asset for him now. Maybe we can get a, a pick for him now. Or Evan Fournier is a valuable shooter, and we want to promote Quentin Grimes into that starting spot, but if Evan's willing to come off the bench, maybe we keep him as that veteran shooter coming off the bench in our, in our second unit. And then Cam becomes the odd man out, you know. So I can see it going both ways. I think we'll know by the end of the probably Monday, by the end of the Fourth of July weekend, because they'll they'll announce the terms of the deal. Right. So we'll see what happens. I think it's it's fair to say that Tibbs did not have an obsession with Fournier the same way that he did with uh, Alan Burks. You're right, and, and Taj Gibson. Right. Those two guys. It don't matter how bad they were playing, he right. was going to have them a set number of minutes depending on the matchups. Fournier, right. he had no problem pulling out and benching in four quarters. So I think there's a little more likelihood that there'll be flexibility there with him moving to the bench. But I'm with you guys. If he's not willing to, he causes any sort of disruption or Cam is not getting opportunity, trade his ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the Knicks, it just seems like when I'm looking at Eaton and the reporting – I keep hearing that they're they're shopping Evan Fournier for sure. That's yep. that's definitely happening. But I'm also hearing that they are asking for a first round pick for Cam Ooh. Reddish. Yeah, oh. they're asking for first the Knicks round. Are, the Knicks are the Knicks right? are just, the Knicks yes. are canvassing and they're they asking. Should. Yeah. Yes, asking I love Leon. He ain't taking no shorts. No, no, True. he's not. And to he be honest, to be honest. Cam was almost deal- dealt at the deadline to the Lakers, but I feel like they did not take that deal because I don't think the Lakers, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the Lakers included a first in that deal. I think it was a bunch of seconds. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't know if- Leon was pushing for more. Leon right. kept pushing. Yeah. And he had the right to. It was one first. I think he wanted two. He wanted two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Right, he probably wanted to. And I think at that point, too, I think Alec Burks might have been playing well, too. So he was like, I, I just love that. We got I love that we got a guy in charge. That he, he, you know what? He ain't going to make a bad deal. He's, he's not coming out. Preach. Preach. Yeah. He's not coming out. I don't care where everybody was. He should have did this. He should have that. Because people are used to coming up short in New York. Leon ain't that tight, man. He'll pull, he'll walk away from a deal and then come out short. Yeah, you're not policing the agent, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> agent knows agent knows anything, he knows values of players. Yeah. <laughs> that exactly. is for sure. Right. Yo, question to you guys too. Do you see anything <clears throat> happening after this this Knicks Nation? Because uh, you already know, there's always a surprise Nick move somewhere. This this year's surprise Nick Ruth happens to be Isaiah from the Clippers, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But do you guys see anything else happening with us in the future? I really I don't see anything earth shattering at this point because I think is what what Lee was saying. They want to push these youth forward, and see, you got to see what you have, right? Yeah. So then then if something comes up next summer or the summer after, you see what your assets are really worth, you know. So. Um, I, I can see them pushing that, and I think, and I hope Lee is right that Tibbs is on board with this because if that's the case, boy, I, you're gonna see some stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And gunshots, I see the chat, I see you, chat. Gunshots for Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox has signed with the Detroit Knicks, I mean, the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> it's a two, two years, six million dollar deal for a corner cap. So, congratulations to Kevin Knox. Who's Come on, the NBA, man. All right, because sometimes it's looking shaky. Um, I mean, listen, we have some free, we got some free spots, man. With with Alec Burks gone, and other uh, Alec Burks gone, Kemba Walker gone, Nunes Noel gone, we got roster spots. Are we bringing back Frank Milikina? I don't know, like what's happening. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> nah, there's no coming back for Frank, man. Frank, Frank, Frank lost. You don't have that availability. Gene, baby. <laughs> we need we need we need somebody who plays some defense somewhere. I don't know. I'm I would like to see um, someone come out of summer league. I, I'm a big SM. I'm here in Dallas, so I watch a lot of SMU. My my girlfriend went to SMU, so we don't watch a lot of the basketball games. Ferran Hunt was my favorite Mustang during the time that he was here, mm-hmm. and now that he's a new uh, Knicks, he's playing the summer league. Would love for one of those roster spots to be filled by him. He's a three and eight guy. Play some small four, some bid three, knock down corner threes, play some defense. I would love for one of those spots previously held by Nerlens Noel and Birds to be filled with a young kid like Veron Hunt. And he's paid his dues. Yes. Pelicans, Mavs, he's been bouncing around the G League. I'm v- yeah. very happy that Leon Rose and, and uh, Walt Perrin scouted him and brought him onto the team in, in a two-way, not two-way contract, but a, a G League opportunity. That would be good. That would be good. Yeah, I, I like that better than some like veteran bum that's just trying to steal minutes. You know, for like, <laughs> add, trying, to add, trying to add to the locker room. Like, we've had enough of that. Enough mm-hmm. of that. Let's just let's really invest in the kids and the scouting we have with Walt Perry and, and Scott Perry. They have a great mind, great basketball minds. Let's utilize it. That's, that's a very good point. If you haven't realized it, uh, the Knicks have announced their summer league roster. Yep. So you got to stay tuned for that. Um, I'm trying to pull up the graphic. The graphic has very small type. We got Miles McBride is here, of course. Got Grimes. We got Grimes in the place. We got Jericho, Jericho Sims. Is there. Yep. <clears throat> and others. Um, I don't know if anybody has a list right now. I didn't see uh, Kills. Did you say, is Kills on there? Yeah, Kills is on no. there too. Yeah, yeah it is. 
Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. We, we can we can definitely pluck some guys from the summer league roster if need be to fill in some shoes. No, uh, especially Baron Hunt. He could play the wing too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean he can help with the wing depth, even though he won't get a lot of time. But I think he's I got that. the list. Yeah, I got the I got the summer league team. Okay. So we got Javon Blair from Georgetown, Garrison Brooks, Mississippi State, Vince Edwards, Purdue, Quentin Grimes, Ferran Hunt, Trevor Keels, Daquan Jeffries, Tulsa, Miles McBride, Gene Montero, Dominican Republic. I think he played for overtime elite as well. Yeah, Gene Montero. Yeah. Michael Potter, Wisconsin, Quentin Rhodes, Temple, Deshaun Swartz, George Mason, Amir Sims, Clemson, and Jericho Sims, and MJ Walker, Florida State. Okay, Walker, Walker, we got Walker, we got Sims. We got, we got the rookie, Montero. All right. It should be a pretty exciting summer league team. Yeah, I, I, was, I was kind of hoping Amir Sims would be on last year's team. I, like, I liked him last summer. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be nice yeah. to have him back. Yep, yep. agreed. Nice to have him back for sure. All right, moving on. If you have not noticed, there is a new center on the roster. We've been looking. Nerlens Noel is now gone, and it's time for his replacement. Somebody who can catch. <laughs> no more butterfingers. <laughs> no yeah. more butterfingers. No more butterfingers. <laughs> no more butterfingers. <laughs> Exactly. Not in. <laughs> exactly. And Leah Rose and these guys, it was like, nah, just catch him. We're going to do you something better. All right. You're going to have me <laughs> able to catch and shoot a little bit. All right. Ooh. Right. Look at that from a center catching and shooting. And we got Isaiah Hartstein, uh, center power forward. He's a backup from the Clippers gives you 8.8.3 points per game. Uh, a passing big man. I saw some nice passings from his highlights. I see. I saw some kind of like quit. Uh, not quitting Grimes. Uh, yo, who? Oh, yo, Ryan. You know what I'm about to say. Q. Uh, old school Knicks. Who's the center of the, on the Knicks with the beard? Um, gosh. He plays on for the Knicks. Yeah. Old play, school. Yes, with with KP. With KP. Joakim Noah? Not Joakim Noah, no. Oh, Robin Lopez? No, 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 no. He can pass. He was a good rebounder. He always had the, he always had the timing with the blocks. Somebody help me out. Oh. Somebody help me out. There was, there was, with with there KP? Was there was this pogo stick out of Oregon. I forgot his name. No, no. He wasn't even that big of a leaper. He was he back a little bit of a leaper? But he was wait, like, wait, wait. He, he was just an offensive player? He can, he can, he can, no, he played defense. He played defense, about, uh, pick and pop guy, can pass. Herman goes. Not cancer. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Kyle Quinn, let's go. Oh, Kyle, oh, let's go. Oh, Thank you, Ajay. Kyle Quinn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, how are we forget about Kyle Quinn? Kyle Quinn. How are we forget about that, man? Kyle Quinn. I, <laughs> I see Queen. some, I see some Kyle Quinn like passes in his highlights. I see when, he, when he's passing the back, pass, get some passes from the back door. And, Play some defense too, man. Um, I don't know if anybody's any research. What do you think of this signing of Isaiah Harstein? Um, I mean, for me personally, 
you know, I, I like I like it all. I've seen him play with the Clippers uh, some games this season. You know, he's a big that. It's interesting because he brings a skill set that Mitch doesn't really have. Like, it's a different type of big, you know, off the pick and roll. Like, I've seen him make some nice passes to the corner for, you know, for three-point shooters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is something that, you know, Mitch doesn't necessarily do. And the fact that he has a, you know, perimeter shooting, you know, he's a decent big, you know, he can defend. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty positive signing for me to give the Knicks another dimension, which is, uh, which is uh, that dimension that they sorely needed. So I'm on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if anybody else had anything to add to it before I get in. Yeah, his passage right, was, was surprising. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say this one surprised me because I was not, I was expecting, you know, a drumming, you know, a guy like that, you know, an older dude maybe, but. This one surprised me. This is perfect. I mean, yeah. a guy because you, you're 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 going to be investing, you know, 55, 60 million into Mitch Robinson. So he, he's going to be a starting center. And but you got a very adequate backup, 15, 20 minutes a game if you need him, that's going to play at a pretty high level with a high IQ. So I, I love it. Go ahead, Lee. I agree. It's kind of odd. We don't really ever get historically players at this point in their career where they're on a team in a backup uh, situation where they start emerging and then that next team signs them for a pretty value contract and then they blow up, we're, all, we're either like way before or way after. So okay. it's actually a damn good accomplishment that Leon Rose and co. were able to find this guy, scout him, and not really convince him. Like he, I didn't hear about him meeting with any other team. He really like, wanted to be in New York, play in New York, even though he knew he was going to be in a backup role. Man, kudos to the front office. Was his shooting split numbers around the basket? I mean, for his career, are unbelievable. I have sixty yeah. percent career career field goal percentage, sixty five percent efficient field goal percentage, sixty four percent from the two point line, and hey, he shot forty seven percent from three. Forty seven percent for very season. low volume, very low volume. Zero point four attempts a game. Zero point four attempts a game, but when he takes them. It go in. <laughs> I think we have more of an offensive-minded lineup there in the bench, and he's coming at the center position. He can play that Vladi Divac, Brad Miller role in the high post and really facilitate for the cutters. These guys with some great cutters and grinds and, and reddish and IQ, man. He could really be a solid offensive weapon in terms of facilitating from the center position. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm thinking Austin. I'm thinking a guy named Austin. Y'all remember Austin Crozier? Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking. His role. Is. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about how um I'm I, I'm sorry Knicks fans for mentioning this name. I don't want to bring you any PTSD because he just got off our books when Joe King Noah was in his prime. No, 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 Knicks Joe Keem, both Joe Keem, you know both Joe Keem Noah. I'm dipping on knew how to use him in the too early. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tom Thibodeau knew how to use him in the offense. When uh, Derrick Rose went down, he went to Joe King Noah, and he had success. He had some success with him um, uh, using his big man passing ability. And sure. I, I, I think that that applies here because this man can pass, and he yeah. doesn't get a lot of minutes. But um, the hope is just like Jalen Brunson, he comes to a new team, he increases minutes, and he also, uh slightly, and he increases production and. Let's 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 be honest, Mitch. Mitch, um, he's injured a lot of the time, so there will be times <laughs> where he's going to get a lot more opportunity, um, to play some starters minutes. And so I, I I agree, this was a great signing, and I'm trying to make this. 
graphic nice and, and clean and big so you guys can see, but it's not fitting cleanly. But I'm gonna, so I'm just have to rock with it. All right. So some of the things I I want to point out is what you guys have been talking about already. The the rim we've been struggling at the rim. He's a center, so he's in seven percent, seventy percent talent at the rim. But what makes him modern is like the the, the ability to have a little pick and pop game. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, he's eighty seven percent in the short range. In the short mid range, um, the long mid range not so not so good. But at the rim in the short mid, he's there. So I feel like around to like fifteen feet, he might be pretty good at shooting. <laughs> Um, so that's pretty good. I've also seen some stats that was that was interesting that said that um, he is one of the best big man defenders at the rim and in his small sample size. I saw some crazy number. I think Fred Cass tweeted this. He says, opponents only shoot 47.5% on dunks and layups this past season when, when uh, Hartstein was the closest defender, the second best figure in the NBA. Um, <laughs> And I've also saw something that said he people usually shoot 15% less than their average when they're being defended by him. Um, so, so the Knicks did a due diligence. And also, he's a big guy, but he also seems like he can move his feet a little bit. He's very active, and he's able to kind of defend on a perimeter. Uh, and, you know, guys like Jericho Sims, he's a little bit more mobile. Jericho Sims is more mobile than he is, but he's still, for his size, he's still pretty mobile. So the Knicks have done a good job of getting these centers who can defend the rim and can, you know, guard the perimeter better than most centers. And that's with all for three of our guys, Jericho Sims, Mitchell Robinson, and Isaiah. So it seems like a really solid pick from these New York Knicks, man. Great value contract too, $8 million a year. Fantastic. For a 24-year-old, love it. Right, right, right. Is it, is it eight million or is it six? Is it sixteen for two years? Two years, yeah. Two years, sixteen. Two years, sixteen. I wonder if they use the mid level for him, or did they just use cap space? Good question. I haven't seen that. I think it's. That's that is a great question. That is one thing for sure. They they said it for two years. That's that's the timeline they get Jericho prepared to become backup. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We'll have to look that up, though. And I'm pretty sure, and I know Roy mentioned this on Twitter before, and how the Knicks roll. That's (laughs) that second year. If I had to bet some money, is a team option. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that second year probably is. That second year, if I had to bet money, now baby, you're dealing with the Rose, you're dealing with the Don. So exactly, exactly. And it's funny. I think Mass fans actually want him. Yeah, they did. And once again, the Knicks come in. <laughs> wait, I'm, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. I'm not sure. This is two years, $16 million deal, fully guaranteed. Oh, I say fully guaranteed. Yeah, fully guaranteed. So, yeah, so the, it does look like there's a player option. It's fully guaranteed. Interesting. Okay. Well, two years. It's two years, so that makes sense. So it's a two-year deal. It's a two-year deal. I yeah. guess that makes it aggressive because of the... the yeah, for Leon. For Leon, that's they aggressively gave yeah. him two years. <laughs> <laughs> salute, salute. Hold on, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Let me first, first of all, gunshots. I know we got so let me give you, let me give that man his flowers. Who sends a four nine nine super chat from Iconoclast Six? Thank you. Helps keep the lights on. 
So thank you for the super chat. All right. Um, also, shout out to everybody who's rocking the KOT show. Shout out to, to Glamour Knicks. Shout out to Bentley Rev, Fundamentals, Jean Mark, and everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. Son from Brooklyn, shout out to you too. Son from Brooklyn, big shout out to you for, for saying Kylo Quinn. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. All right. Can we talk about the, the demise of the Nets real quick? Because I just want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Man, three years to this date, we were the laughing stock of ESPN, the laughing stock of Twitter. And man, had the mighty have fallen. I, I, I'm not like a. I've been staying away from the bing bong stuff. But. <laughs> but. I had to revisit it today. <laughs> the dude was like, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Don't you read Not coming to the Knicks. I had to. Oh, my God. That was a retweet. That was a retweet. Uh, it's funny because before he came here, we were all, remember Ryan, we, we, we was me, you, Kathy, and Edson, Sean, talking about this. We were all like, man, we really love KD, but Kyrie? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's he's a problem. What do you bet? Who, who wants to go? Who wants to go? Because this is <laughs> well, I, I'll say this you know, as a Knicks fan, it's really rough out here in these streets because oftentimes the franchise that we love has made moves where the media, whether it be ESPN whoever else it is, they just laugh at us repeatedly over and over and over again. And to finally be in a situation where a move that they criticize us for saying that our franchise is this, our franchise is that Man. because we couldn't land KD and Kyrie just to see it blow up in the Nets' face and that KD wants out because of Kyrie's issues in Brooklyn, where that man has sat out more games than he has played this season. <laughs> I feel like, yo, I feel like Thanos, like, looking over and, like, I can finally rest now. <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, came around full circle. Like, as a, as a Knicks fan, I can, finally, I can finally laugh and be like, we have the last laugh. Oh, finally. I am Terrorizing everybody at work, whoever had a Nets hat on. I am going. I'm going. I'm walking through. I'm walking through Flatbush tomorrow, pointing and laughing. All right, anybody with Nets gear on, because this is. Oh my God, this is too good. And Richard Jefferson, the number one Knicks oh. hater in the world, is out here tap dancing and capping. Oh, it's not as bad. Oh, the excuses, excuses. Nah, Richard Jefferson, keep that same energy, the same energy that you gave to Knicks fans when we lost out on KD and Kyrie, the way you frame us all day, all night, every day, with, without a without a thought. Knicks we want to be a Richard topic Jefferson. he mentions. Up. Keep that energy for Wait, you. I, you call him Richard Jefferson? I thought his name was Step and Fetch it. Step and Fetch Oh, yikes. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's savage. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Listen, man, you don't call him raw for nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> a basket. A, a oh, basket, man. man. 
I bow to the glory. Uh, uh, Richard Jefferson. And that is our show. And that is our good night. <laughs> I love the situation they're in because Kevin Durant for sure is going to give them a huge haul. But their own draft picks, Houston owns them. I think they own like three of them in the James Harden oh, trade. Yep. So they don't have their own picks, mm. which is hilarious. Wow. They still have mm. two of the most untradeable, undesired players in NBA in Simmons and Irving. Yeah. I mean, you know you don't you don't only get 25%, 40% of a talent back when you eventually trade those two. Joe Harris still on the books, whatever three, four seasons at 18, 19 million per. Like their salary is garbage. Their front office is garbage. Steve Nash is probably the biggest bum coach in the NBA. Did not deserve that job to begin with. And now he's stuck with the roster he deserved now once Kevin Durant is gone. Because he should not have gotten that gig. That should have been Sam Cassell or one of the other great assistants been putting that work in over the years. Steve Nash is a bum and the franchise is a bum. I couldn't be Amen. happy. It's a great day. Amen. You know, Kenny Atkinson built that team. Facts. Yep. From the ground yeah, up. And they, and they got rid of him as soon as they made it back. They get rid of him. And I and so, you know what? Here, to me, I think is pretty ironic. I mean, the Knicks are signing the next stone in their building the right way. The Nets were building the right way and threw it all away for two drama queens. Yeah. And so they're all getting what they got coming. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Can't cause... score by a championship. You got to earn it. Yeah, you got to earn it. When you let a diva run your team, this is exactly what happened. So, I'm talking about we're going to co-coach the team. That was hilarious. That was so cringe, man. When I watched that, me, Kevin, (laughs) and Sean and these guys, we're going to come together. We're going to manage the team together. Like, I lost all respect. I mean, is it? Living in Dallas, I used to love Steve Nash. I lost all respect for him when his own players are emasculating him on national TV and he didn't have anything to say and come back with. But I was like, man. Where's your honor, dude? Like, you already don't know the X's and O's. Now that you don't have a heart, come on, bro. Yeah, that's trash, man. Yeah, it's it's a players' league, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a players' league, unfortunately. And players did that, and they players ran the nets into the yeah. ground. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yep. good luck. I mean, man, who yeah, knows? Maybe, maybe Kevin Durant can help Chris get a ring. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so you know everybody, you know if you want if you, if you want to watch Bonham Bailey, they're at Barclays Center now. So go get your tickets for next season, all right? And I, exactly, and I'll bet I'll bet they're all discounted right about now. Not that they weren't cheap already, because you already know you can get them two for two for twenty. You know? What I'm saying? Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. This time it's gonna be filled for a discount code. Ben Simmons. Oh, code. yes. Get, get your tickets for cheaper. Nah, ben, you're ben. You got the juice now, man. I can't wait for Joe Harris bobblehead night. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is the best part of the show, man. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Joe Harris bobblehead. Oh. Joe Harris. And Nick Claxton Barlow <laughs> Don't forget Patty Bills. Oh, man. <laughs> Patty coming back. Yeah, BK, yeah, coming back. He signed a two-year deal. Damn, man. He left the Spurs for that, Patty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I felt bad for? Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal got traded from the Jets. I know. Nets, and then immediately Kevin Durant's like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is your big player? <laughs> I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. 
The Nets gave up a first for him. Yes, they did. Oh, yeah. my God. The last first they had. <laughs> they gave they went to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Help build the Celtics. <laughs> Help build the, the, the Rockets. <laughs> and they gave the last first they ever had to Utah. Can oh anyone God. look up? Can anyone look up the the amount of first round jack that the Knicks, the Nets have for the next seven years? It's, it's like two, one. Like, what's the number? I don't know, man. I know right, my my plane is getting ready to go. All right, yo, shout right, out man. to Raw man. <laughs> Thank you for watching. This man is dedicated. Yo, y'all made my day, man. This is funny. <laughs> shout out to you. Glad we can make you laugh. Get these jokes in right before you hit that flight. <laughs> Facts. All right. All right, salute to you, man. Ah, oh, man, got me dying. Oh, shout out! I got the super chat. Shout outs. Uh, I don't know what your name is because it's written in hieroglyphics. Something, something, two one eight nine. Since a five super chat says Dallas didn't extend JB KD once out of Brooklyn. ATL traded three unprotected but Knicks get hated on degraded on all media now who's laughing now that's right man let me know we laughing damn because this is comedy Whew. you know it's it's mind-boggling that in the Brunson trade the Knicks are the ones getting bashed for an overpay and no one bashes on Dallas for having an opportunity to extend Jalen Brunson and end all this free agent talk they didn't go to the extension and now they're getting them for absolutely peanuts Come on, bro. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It kind of it kind of forged the wedge between Brunson and Dallas Mavericks, and now they're paying the price for it. And you know yeah. what? This is a perfect segue to our next topic, all right? Which is R.J. Barrett, all right? Because it's been rumored by Ian Begley that the Knicks and R.J. Barrett um, are kind of – seems like they're on the same page. It seems like they – they're kind of on the same level of reaching a deal. They haven't disclosed if there's going to be a specific deal or when or anything of that nature. But um, it does seem like um, they are on the same page. So we don't. We should not expect any DeAndre Ayton miss messes or any uh, Jalen Brunson messes as well. So um, shout out to that. It's, I saw it says Barrett can become eligible for an extension on July first. He and the Knicks have until the day before 2022-2023 season to reach an agreement. If they don't, he'll hit restricted free agency next summer. Um, so, I mean, it seems like they're on board with either A, extending him this summer at a number that both of these guys agree to, or B, even waiting next summer, but with, with the intention of we, we value you, we're going to bring you back. But you know, you know how it is. We got Brock Holly here. We're gonna do some um ninjutsu. We're gonna do some cat flexibility ninjutsu so we can maximize our assets and still bring you in. That's that's what I read from it. Oh. I don't know if any of you have anything to add to this. Or do you even have any thoughts on what should we extend RJ Barrett for? Because what I've been reading was a lot of these guys uh feel like uh the GMs. Fred Katz is some survey. He said a lot of GMs felt like twenty five million, twenty seven million. Uh, around that range has was the most common answer. Yeah. Um, with RJ Barrett, I'm always a fan of... This is me in general. I feel like when you have homegrown talent, it's always best to extend them 
before it's their last season and then they go and then they go into the summer with free agency or whatever the case may be because say for example you decide to not extend RJ and then and then after next season RJ has an explosive season then you have to then you have to start considering if you're going to sign him to a max deal or whatever the case may be yeah but if you but if you extend him now you you kind of get a cheaper discount on RJ because he hasn't shown yet that he that he's a max type of player. So you sign RJ early, get him on a deal that's reasonable, and then as he develops, he's more than likely he's gonna outperform that contract. So if you're going to extend RJ, it's better to do it now than wait another summer until you know free agency comes. Because if he explodes, then it's gonna put the Knicks in a bind, and then it's like you have no choice but to give him the max deal as it is. So. If you're gonna resign him, resign him now. I mean, I have no problems doing that. If he if he explodes and earns it, I have no problem paying it, paying the money because he earned it. You know what I'm saying? Because all my all my concerns have been percentage based, but the work ethic is there, and I know he's gonna. And he he's been the face of the franchise. He's he's been the one who's been in front of the mic, taking these bullets for Julius Randle and the franchise. He's kind of poised to be the leader. He's kind of the, the face of the franchise already. So if he matches that with the performance, I, I have no qualms about giving him the money. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be all incentive-based anyway because that's just the way the Knicks do things. Like, I feel like, hey, this is going to be the number. And then if you make the All-Star team, if you make the playoffs and you perform well, hit these benchmarks, you'll get match, max-like money. I think that's probably what the direction is going to be. I think of all the teams in the NBA, the Knicks have a perverse history of not extending their rookies. The fact that you can go back to Charlie Ward being, uh, I mean, uh, it's Mark Jackson. I think it was the right, was the first one, right? Or Charlie? Charlie Ward. Charlie, Charlie. Ward. It's the Charlie Ward. The last rookie. Yeah. That's, that's damn near, that's over 20 years. Crazy. That's embarrassing. That's a lot of young guys that came in, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Dallarani, Iman Shumpert. All these guys, Timothy Moskrov, that we had and we let go for various reasons. Of all of them, R.J. Barrett deserves bad. If that pumps up his value right now to even 31, 32 million, pay the kid. Like he represents New York well. He wanted to be here from the get go. He only worked out for us. Like I, I, that matters in terms of how the, the team is seen and our value around the lead as these players talk. And it's great to invest in someone who is already invested in us. I got no problem. Like just making it rain on RJ Barrett. Making it rain on RJ Barrett as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you though. I definitely agree with you. I have no problem with that. And I think that's that's what I expect to happen, man. RJ's gonna be here. And uh and so is Mitch. And for those wondering what's going on with Mitch, because no one's people are like, What happened to Mitch? I thought he was gonna sign him already. The that was me. Yeah, yeah, that's that that was you. But you weren't the only one. <laughs> you weren't the only one. What's happening with Mitch is um, the Knicks can go over the cap to sign him. So he's going to be the last to be signed. Like he's So so no matter what happens from here and now, that's going to be the last signing to, to be able to get Mitch's money. It's still been rumored that he's going to get four, was it four years, 60 million? Yeah. Four years, 60 million. I like that, yeah. Yeah, which kind of works out to roughly fifteen million 15, a year, yeah. which is kind of what we was talking about. Um, he's gonna get that. Uh, he's gonna get that. 
it's a, it's a solid it's a, it's a robert robert money a man from the celtics money though so decent decent deal for the knicks good deal for mitch robinson um and stay healthy man and expand that game expand that game i have a feeling it'll probably be incentive based too you know that leon rose is gonna have some benchmarks he wants him to hit in order for him to like clear all that money and that's how it should be because mitch's motor and consistency and commitment has fluctuated in the last couple of seasons last season was his best of how focused and driven he was mm -hmm. but that has not always been the case since he's been drafted so i hope that contract and trust that contract is laced with incentives for him to, to exceed expectations and get to a place where he's averaging 14 and 10 you know i would love to see that 15 and 10. you feel like he has he's had motor issues i feel like his issues have always been like screening and um well this year it's been it's been like wind for me but I felt like, I mean, he fought through it. But I never, never heard him, I never heard him anyway say he had motor issues. Uh, I've seen it watching games where he's playing up against real, other really good centers. Mm -hmm. He gets out for those games. But when he's playing teams are, are initiating a small ball offense and, he, you know, he's defending guys on the perimeter, there are times that Thib sees him not hitting rotations where he should. Mm -hmm. And that's when he starts inserting Todd Gibson to the lineup uh, at the five spot. So I, I don't think he's always been committed to playing his very best. It's an early foul trouble. He never really was able to like, get his mind right back into the game to uh, avoid fouling out. So there are some issues there, I think, with his commitment to get better and develop any sort of an offensive game. He, I mean, oh, he's still just blocking, lobbing, and rolling to the basket. If you develop a little turnaround jumper or some type of like, you know, short hook <clears throat> five, ten feet away, that would really help his development offensively and just made him a better weapon. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully having another big man here who kind of can – step out and, and and shoot some shots not directly in front of the rim hopefully it kind of motivates him to do the same thing too because we we're gonna need some offensive production from mitch to help uh extend this thing out because like we said i've said this uh, plenty of shows Jalen brunson has thrived with more of a stretch five type of lineup so the more space we have the better so hopefully we're able to do that um yeah and um i just want to throw announce official because adrian wrote which announced he just announced it right now Free agent guard Jalen Brunson has agreed to a four-year, $104 million deal with the New York Knicks. 104? Oh, yeah. 104? Yeah, and the, and the last year on the contract is, op, is an option. I, I don't know. It's a play option or a team option. There. They just player option. Team. Player option, all right. Player option. All right, so it's official, man. <clears throat> got, it at the, got it towards the end. It's official. Jalen Brunson. Um, we'll be with the New York Knicks for uh, four years, 104 million with a player option. Pretty sure there's some sentences there as well because that's the way we do business here. So, um, congratulations to Jalen Brunson, new starting point guard of these New York Knicks. Hopefully, um, this helps us turn this ship around to the right direction. So, shout out to Jalen Brunson. And I think him and Mitch will only help each other. I mean, uh, Jalen Brunson was really good lobbying to Dwight Powell in Dallas. Now he's going to have an even better threat you know, rolling down the middle with Mitchell Robinson. I think Jalen Brunson will help Mitchell more than any other player on this roster. I can see that, man. It's funny. I feel like year one, Mitch was a, was, he, I think, I don't remember. Year one, year one, Mitch caught so many lobs and it has not been that way since. And I know, I feel like RJ Barris probably looks for him more than anybody else. But having a guy who's going to consistently feed him the ball should change a lot for Knicks and his offense and even Nick uh Mitch's motivation because he obviously he Mitch is you know everybody's more motivated when he gets touched the ball. But Mitch he always takes the to the stories and says 
and looks at other centers who are more involved in the office and goes, I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to be more involved. So it's obviously a need for him. He wants to one touch the balls and hopefully Jalen Brunson will bring that to this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else you want to talk about? I feel like we talked about everything and anything and everything that is important to the Knicks. Um, free Obi. Yeah, <laughs> free Obi. <laughs> <laughs> At, at the moment, that man is still in a lock and key because Julius Randle is still a Nick. <laughs> Facts, man. Facts. I want to see more Obi Toppin. All right, yo. That that is our show. Um, thank you guys for watching. If you like the show, please hit the like button, subscribe button. Um, we're gonna be here talking about Nick's summer league and also during the season. We're here talking Nick's after every single game. And also we will periodically make fun of the nets whenever we feel like it because that's just what we do <laughs> yo yo ryan remember when we almost got our first sponsor and he, and it was uh i don't even want to say the play people's name because maybe they'll come back now that the nets suck all right <laughs> and they asked us to to um and they asked us to to uh make they were partnering with the nets and they asked us to kind of like promote the the promote their their event with the nets and i was just like uh I can't, we can't do that dog like, yeah it, it doesn't fit our platform doesn't fit our platform and i never heard from them again <laughs> never heard from them again maybe they'll come back right now <laughs> shout out to robert shout out to robert paris says is harris seen another, another soft european tongue out emoji oh wow. damn that's an essay the disrespect. The disrespect. <laughs> I mean, from what I can tell, no. Like, he's one of the best uh, rim protectors. At, he's one of the best defenders at the rim this season. So, uh, people historically shoot 50% less when guarded by him at the rim. He's also a pretty decent uh, perimeter defender from what I've been seeing. I'm not an expert on him. I've just been looking at stuff today. Um, so, I don't think he's soft. At least on the defensive end, um, how will he handle the pressure of New York? Because we already know New York is a, is a beast. Heaviest jerseys are worn in New York. So when the pressure's on, will he produce? Remains to be seen. But from what I see, he seems great. You know, let's be honest. Europeans are not as soft as they used to be. The Joker. <laughs> let's yeah, be honest. That is true. The Joker, Jonas Valanciunas, not soft. KP, very soft. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Charming tissue Bob, paper. The Clippers not soft. Yeah, I, th- I think I feel like they've heard that label so much, and they yeah. just like channeled it. It was like I refuse to be that guy. Mo Bodner, Fonz Bodner, not yeah. soft. Orlando. Yeah, Luca. <laughs> yeah, Luca definitely not soft. Yeah, not soft. All right. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't think he's soft. I don't think so. But yeah, yo, that is our show, man. Let, uh, guys, let us know where they can find you, sir. Go ahead. Um, go ahead, Lee. Yeah, man, you can find me every week. I'm contributing to posting and toasting for SB Nation, writing about the Knicks, and then covering the NBA, culture, race, uh, and economics for Deadspin as a whole. Lee Escobedo. All right, Ryan. Let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. That's, you know, content's coming. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. And, of course, you know, 
I'm a financial agent right now. So if you have any issues with your finances, you know, if you want to secure your financial future, you know, you can come to me as well. You hit me up on any of my um, links that Fritz posts in the, um, the chat. And, you know, we can get, you know, to work on something and, you know, help you out. Get money. Like Biggie said, all right? <laughs> get money, yeah. <laughs> Biggie was a Knicks fan. Don't, don't, don't let the Nets ring to fool you. All right? Cool. All right. <laughs> All right, you already know what it is, man. You can listen to us, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also get that merch, that blue and orange snapback KLT. You can go to thenickatimeshow.com slash catalog and get that. And also get it in black and white. Also, follow us on all social medias. That's the KLT Show on Twitter, the Naked Time Show on Instagram, and the Naked Time Show on Facebook to follow us and figure out what the hell we be doing and and keeping up with your basketball news all right that is our show great show gentlemen um you already know what it is as always shut out the worldwide west everywhere we go we leave a worldwide mess it's a mess out here in these Knicks youtube streets but not as messy yeah. as it was a few days ago since Jalen brunson is a new york nick <laughs> it's the mess for the next, really. Yeah, that is all our the mess show. Exactly. All the messes of Brooklyn right now. All the messes of Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> One more kick to the next before we leave. That so. is our show. <laughs> we are out of here. Peace.